Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble GM, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Stace Babcock. Hey, I didn't expect to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Samson Davis. It just hit me like a few seconds ago that I'm both missing Dune premiere and Critical Role Campaign 3 premiere right now. I'm missing that right now. Time doesn't exist in this asynchronous world. Yeah. And I love recording, but I'm very acutely aware that I'm missing nerd culture right now. Maybe this will be the nerd culture, Samson, someday. (laughs) Just very anxious. I need to be everywhere. You're making sacrifices for your art. I need to be consuming all the content right now. Not enjoying it, just consuming. Just consuming. Just consuming. And Alex Finn. What is your garlic safe word? I would like to know. (laughs) It's important. That's true. Hey, before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Die Hard Dice. Yes, that's right. We're like one of the big kids. We've got a sponsor and everything. Do you like the math rocks that go clicky clack? Of course you do. Do you need more of them? What kind of question is that? Of course you do. Die Hard Dice makes a wide variety of excellent metal and polymer dice sets. They're running a sale right now from November 5th through December 20th. And during that time, if you use our offer code, explore exclamation mark, you'll get 15% off your order. We'll get a little bit of that as well. But the important thing is we're saving you some money for your holiday shopping. Get yourself a nice gift. Get a gift for your friends who are also Math Rock Gremlins. Make somebody smile with a metal dice set. We're very excited to be accepted as Dice Affiliates with Die Hard Dice. And yeah, go check them out. DieHardDice.com. Use offer code EXPLORE! exclamation mark. Get 15% off your order. Thanks to Die Hard Dice for supporting Explorers Wanted. So, how are your characters feeling right now? A little anxious, a little nervous. Same old, same old. Nix is pretty confident. Mm-hmm. Okay. So same old, same old. Same old. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty standard for us, I think. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, what did happen last time, Samson? The last time uh, the fucking Terminator showed up, and by Terminator, I mean Jima. Jima showed up, and then we hid. Well, we hid first, and then Jima showed up, and then she looked around, and she said something that implied that basically said that she was waiting for Nyx, probably at the Proving Grounds. So then Jima left, and then fucking Cha-Cha did her thing, and then <laughs> the Terminator came back. But then after waiting very tensely, tense silence, she left. But then Cha-Cha, with her shenanigans, mutated Prentice and fucked up her face badly. So after that, we made camp in the cave. Stannis arrived. Said Sala, question mark in my notes. I don't know what that was about. Do we know who Sala? Sala. Which one's Sala? Yeah, he was the contact that you guys had when you first got to Shalmas. He had the antiquities oh, shop. Right, 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 right. So he was the the guardian that you guys were sent to talk to there. Got you know that he is sort of vaguely in charge of Stannis. Gotcha. All right. Well then, uh, Stannis arrived, and we made a quick little plan to scout around the proving grounds. So we traveled and did that. Prentice went on her own way. So it is just us three and Stannis looking around. We see that there are guards at the proving grounds, but they're beefier than normal. One is apparently called a crusher. That's cool. We also see, well, at least uh, Nyx is able to see that Hey You was there. There's also some, were they like Navarine guards that tried to get in, but then got turned away. Mm -hmm. So that all looks very interesting. But other than that, Proving Grounds is totally normal. They just get into fights as normal. Just walk into the bathroom, get in a fight. Proving Grounds. 
And then Dilly and Nick started talking about like what they were going to do. And then it probably wasn't a good idea for Dilly to go in because he'd get his ass kicked. And Nick's totally going to be fine by herself. But while they're talking, Bastion shows up and Chacha went to go talk to Bastion and got fucking kidnapped. But we don't know that. So you will hear Alex talk about how that goes for her. <laughs> Chacha at least hears that it is now time for her to repay the favor. And that's where we ended. So that's what Chacha's just heard. Nixon Dilly, you are in this scouting position. Just you guys and Stannis right now. And to be clear, we heard nothing of what happened to Chacha. Just no, nothing. Got it. Yep. Not really. You sort of like vaguely heard her voice in the distance over there, but then there hasn't been any sound for a while. Okay. So I've asked this again and again. I just, I just need it one more time. What's your goal? Like, how long are you being there? Like, what are you, what are you going to do in there? Yeah, man, it's really hard to say, Dilly. Honestly, like, one, if I go in and it's like, turns out they have all turned against me, probably what I would do is I would try to get like, hey, you to do things for me or like maybe try to like find my mentor or something like that, you know, or run for my life, whichever. And then if they are friendly, I mean, I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to read some books, you know? Okay. So (laughs) this will either take five minutes or what, like a day, two days? Or what are you thinking? I'm a slow reader, Dilly, so... Okay, so five minutes or a week. Got it. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say, like, at least a few days, because I'm at least going to wait until, until, like, it's dark, you know, before I try to sneak into the infirmary. So while I'm waiting, I might just go, like, see what's up with those guards, see where they're hanging out, how they're spending their time. Okay. Should we come with you with that, on that one? Oh, yeah, that would be great. Stannis, is that cool with you, or is that a little too close for company. This is as close as I can get. I can meet you either here or somewhere else in the area. Yeah, the Navarine guards, I meant. Like, wherever they are. I'm not getting any closer to the Proving Grounds. Okay, but if the guards are farther away from the Proving Grounds, you want to hang out with us? I can wait for you guys here until you find out if they're going. I I can't risk getting closer right now. Oh, they turned away from the main gate, so I assumed... That our group is not really near the main gate, so I thought that the no. Navarine guards were further away from the proving ground than us. They they are, but like it's you have to kind of like go around. Like how wide around are you going to go to follow them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fairly deep into the tree line. Yeah, so basically, what Stannis will say is it's going to be better if this is a good scouting position. I can't go in the proving grounds, but. Maybe I could keep an eye out, and if I see Amaranth, I could let you know somehow. Oh, yeah. No, that would be great. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm good. Dilly, like, don't feel like you have to stay. Like, if you want to go train, yeah, train, man. Training's great. <laughs> yeah, it looks great, and Dilly looks at the proving grounds where, I guess, can he see that another fight is breaking out? Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, like, organized sparring happening now back in the, the practice circles, but then there's also just, like, random matches starting here or there. Wow, I think those two were making out before they started fighting. Insane. Nick's twist her neck to look. <laughs> <laughs> those two? All right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll at least help out with the Navarine guards, because that shouldn't take too long, I don't think. Definitely before nightfall and before we check if you can even get inside the Proving Grounds without them trying to punch you. In the non-proving grounds way, in like the I non-cool mean, way. That's like not the only way into the proving grounds, Dilly. You know. I don't. 
Oh, right. You wouldn't know. <laughs> but like, if you want to get in and out, you can usually get in and out. Yeah. Okay. So are you guys heading to where the, you saw the Navarin Yeah. Okay. So I assume you guys are going to attempt a stealthy approach. Yeah. And before we go, and it's like, yeah, also, I guess maybe Stannis, you should stay here just in case Chacha, someone should come, someone should make sure Chacha comes back, right? Should we check on Chacha? Chacha's fine. I'll wait here. If I'm compromised, I'll try to leave a sign for you somehow. Oh, right. Dope. Dope, dope, dope. Good luck. You too. And she pulls out, like, a small, like, little concentration fidget toy and starts fiddling with it in her hands. (laughs) And you guys head down the way. I'm going to need you guys to give me stealth rolls of... Dilly just does his usual, like, shadowy illusion thing just to help with stealth rolls. Okay, so you'll both have an asset, Dilly's trained in stealth. So your stealth roll target is starting off at a 12. So for Dilly, it is a 6. For Nyx, it's a 9 before effort. Nyx will spend a level of effort. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Dilly's going to spend an XP, I think. Yeah, I'm going to spend an XP also. <laughs> Three steps away from from Stan as we both just fall flat on our face. <laughs> and just slowly roll down the hill, <laughs> shouting at each other. Like, <laughs> All right, this time we got an 11, uh, which is a success because I spent effort. I rolled a two and then I rolled a four. So, wow. I rolled a two the first time, which would have been an intrusion. <laughs> <laughs> got any XP to spend? I do, but all right, fuck it. I'm just going to get rid of the XP and just because it's going to get in the way later, I think. Uh, 18. There we go. Damn. Okay. You guys both covertly approach this group of guards. They've got one official there. They are not far from the Proving Grounds. They are literally just far enough in the tree line so that it's not easy to spot them from outside the tree line. How many? There are about 10 soldiers and two officials. And as you approach, you can hear the officials talking. One of them says, he's a sort of like middle-aged dude with like a bowl-cut blonde hair and sort of a really excessively like pale skin, like almost unnaturally pale. And then the other figure is a shorter man, and he's got red hair and dark skin and the taller one is definitely the one that approached the gates earlier, like the entrance earlier. Uh, they said they haven't seen her yet and that we're supposed to stay in the woods. It's ridiculous. I hate this waiting game. And the other one says, we have on good authority. She'll show. I still think this is the best lead. And the other one says, I don't trust those cultists. <gasps> Nick is silent, but affronted. We need to be ready to move, and we need our own eyes on what's going on in there. And the shorter one says, they won't let us in. They don't want to be seen with the Queen's guards here. We offered to disguise the men, but they just laughed. Get their ass kicked, yeah. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) The other one just says, this is the right approach. I'm sure of it. We get Nyx, and from her we find out where her parents are, and the Queen's boon is ours. Reminder, Nyx's bounty, if, if you did the hat trick and brought all three Sladex into the Queen, in addition to all the bounties, you would get a boon, anything that she could grant to you. Yes. The quick question, the pale one's in charge? Is that... It's not clear if one of them is in charge or the other. 
Okay. These two appear to be equals. The pale one and the tall one. So I have in my notes. The pale one is the tall one. Oh, the pale one is the tall one. Uh, pale one and short one. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's sort of like a little bit of, even though they're being perfectly civil, they're like the way they like look at each other and the way that they move. Like there's clearly a little bit of like subtle competition between them. Like they're working together. But if you're thinking of it in terms of like, like a royal court, these are two figures that are probably at the same level as each other. So neither one really wants to let the other one kind of fall into a dominant role. Rivals to lovers. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So from what they're talking about, it seems like they're definitely like Navarine guards, right? That looks, or at least as far as Dilly can tell, that looks like they look like official guards. They look like Queen's guards now that you're up close. And is that weird that the Queen's guards have kind of seemingly like gone off on their own? It's weird to have... Like, so these guys don't look necessarily like guards. These guys are, like, two other, like, effectively, like, members of the court. They're not civic servants like Nix's family was. These are people that have, like, sort of inherited title. Mm -hmm. And they are there with what appears to be a small detachment from the Queen's Guards. It is super weird. Dilly, you didn't think the Queen's Guards really ever left Charmant. Because, like, the whole part of the propaganda is that they protect the queen and the fact that they are there in Charmant is what part of what, in addition to the secret technologies of warfare that they have embedded in the city, supposedly those things are what help keep Charmant safe from any sort of outside invasion or anything like that. And even at her most paranoid in the past, like the queen's guards have never like gone out of the city. They've always been close, right? As far as I think Dilly would yeah, know. Okay. Because Dilly kind of was just living his life as a shopkeeper before that. Yeah. So I don't think, like, if they left, that would be something that would be, like, a bigger matter of, like, intrigue that I don't think Dilly was operating on. Yeah, that makes sense. Nix okay. is specialized in intrigue. Just that 20, that roll. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're specialized, so that'll be a six for Nix. I'm giving you an extra asset for that, which is why it's down to a six, because okay. you come from the Sladek family, and even if they weren't part of the royal court, they at least knew how government worked. 18. Okay. So the Queen's Guards are definitely, like, Charmant's elite. Whether or not they're the elite of all of Navarine is a whole other question. But they are definitely, like, elite soldiers. They are really supposed to be protecting the Queen. Like, to your knowledge, the fact that a group of them were sent away from Charmant with these nobles on a mission suggests that the queen sees whatever their mission is as important enough as something that she considers a personal threat. Oh, aw. Nyx wants to reassure her. I really want to take him out. I'm trying to decide if Nyx would do that. On a scale of one to Sardaukar, how elite are they? I believe... From Dilly's perspective, I don't think Dilly would have any clue. But from my perspective, they dangerous. Is Nyx an Atreides? Are these guys Harkonnen? I'm missing Dune right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dilly, give me. I'm going to walk you through my thinking here. It would be a nine for somebody like Nix to start with, but Dilly, first of all, you're not like you know, super, like you're, you've gotten better and better, but you don't necessarily have a understanding of the technique of combat per se. So you've, you're hindered on that. It's a 12. Mm-hmm. You have a malformed brain. So it's a 15. 
15 some sort of intellect roll. You can propose a skill that might apply that would help you or not. Uh, I have remembering and memorizing, but I haven't... That's... Yeah, this is this is more like yeah. whether or not you can draw a conclusion. Yeah, other than that, I just have the uh, intellect edge, so that would be a 9 with the edge. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, an 18. Okay. There... From everything that you know, and just from sizing the the actual guards, no, nobles like you're not particularly worried about them. Like they might have weaponry, but you don't. Nothing seems odd there. These guards, like they are supposed to be the elite, they definitely look tough. They do not look lazy. They look to be on alert. Because essentially, what you're doing here is you're sizing them up, and they don't scare you like Jima does mm-hmm. or Saliana does, but. They definitely come off like your instincts tell you that these guys are dangerous. Like they're they're professionals. That's not to say that any one of them is is necessarily more dangerous than your friend Nick's, but there are like ten of them. Oh, there are ten of them. Okay. <laughs> I thought there were like three. I think Dilly picks up on um the movements. Like, he's not privy to, like, combat, as you said, but I think he still, like, looks at them and then starts, like, almost taking notes in his head as if he were going to, like, emulate these movements in an automaton, noting, like, the efficiency and, like, the grace. There's no wasted movement. Everything's perfectly balanced. And then from that, he's like, oh, these guys bad. These guys, (laughs) next, we should back off. Fair to middle and dilly. So... Yes. Uh, so using Nix's intrigue, what I think I would like her to do is she's going to pull out a, a sheaf of paper from her journal using, hopefully, if it fits, you think, Daniel, her intrigue skill. She's going to do like her best approximation of GMA's handwriting. It's not trying. She's not trying to make it a perfect forgery or anything. And she writes, Nix is mine, Amaranth stone. And she wraps it around her, like ties it to a rock. Her general plan is to give Dilly time to get away. She's going to throw it in the midst of their camp and then use fleet of foot, take that action and, and move a long distance away. So you're going to juice it up with extra speed too. Yeah. Okay. So I love this idea. So I'm going to give you two assets for it off the bat. All right. That brings it down to a nine. You are specialized. So that's a three for Nix. Okay. Six. Okay. Yeah. So you toss them in the midst. You're running away. Since you're moving so fast, I mean, you hear them when the react when the rock first comes in out of the corner of your eyes, you're darting away. Nix, you can see that one of the guards, almost as fast as you, shoots an arrow and it strikes a tree, which is where you would have been after you threw the rock if you hadn't moved. All right, maybe middling he, to superior. You know for a f- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know for a fact that he wouldn't have been able to see you like that was a guess based off where the rock came in that he fired off in. But yeah, you get away after that. And what do you guys want to do now? So on the walk back, Nix is just to say, yeah, so Dilly, I'm thinking like maybe the society's not on my side based on that conversation. So I'm going to be doing a lot of sneaking. Probably going to take me a little bit of time. I'm thinking. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, what are, what's, how, what, what ciphers do you have? I know you have that belt of giant growth. That's not what it is, but that's how I remember it as. Oh, yeah. My growth harness. That's the one. Nyx is like wearing it on the outside of her clothes for like Mm. ready activation. And then 
Yeah, I got this electric glove. Yeah, it does uh, an additional damage. Wait, no, no, next one for like that. Uh, but for Samson's, uh, it does plus one damage and plus three electric damage upon activation. So like plus one damage passively. Was that glove a cipher or an artifact? It's an artifact. Artifact. Oh, so she only has, she has two artifacts and one cipher. Okay. So I have a projector that'll like at least put up an image for an hour that might help you. I also have war mites that will distract somebody if you need to run. Like what? Because your cipher limit's like two, right? Nope, up to three. Up to three. Okay. Do you want both of these? Because I feel like you're going to need them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would love them, Dilly, honestly. Okay. Once we're like at a safe distance and all that, we'll hand over the projector, which I don't know the level, but it projects an image. Mm-hmm. That fits within 25 uh, square feet for one hour. And Warmites, which... What do those do? Those are level four. They attack whatever they're shot against for one damage for four rounds. Yes. And it hinders them while they're doing that. Yeah. Immediate range, single target. All right. Thanks, Dilly. It's going to be weird, but uh, so are you going to try to meet back here when you're done with Stannis or are you just going to like go straight to Willem's foe? What are you thinking? Um, I guess I probably want to head towards Willem's foe just because no judgment on you. But I feel like once you're done here, this will be a not safe place to be for a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So Willem's foe is probably the better place to meet up. All right. Well, uh, don't neglect your cardio, Dilly. I promise I won't. Dan, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's may or may not know, but either way, she doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So Dilly's going back to meet up with Stannis, and Nix is going to make her way into the proving ground? No, Nix is going to wait till nightfall, and she's going to watch some of the older uh, recruits to see how they sneak in and out of the compound at night. Oh, I like that. Okay. So she'll probably go back to the scouting place with Dilly and then wait till nightfall. Okay. So you go back to the scouting place. Stannis is still there fidgeting, but she's clearly been watching everything closely and says, no sign of anything right now. Has Cha-Cha come back? No, I haven't seen Cha-Cha. How long were we gone, roughly? Maybe an hour. Is that weird? Should we? I'm just going to go take a look where Cha-Cha was. I'm just going to go take a quick look. So you go over there and you see some really odd stains in the ground. Uh-oh. But you do not see any sign of Chacha. Would that be like a nature check or something to figure out what those stains are? Yeah, it could be nature. Okay. It's something intellect-based. Probably a nine. That's a twelve. A nine, six. So six. That's cocked. That's fourteen. It is definitely not Chacha's blood. You've seen Chacha's blood before. <laughs> I mean, you've seen all of your friend's blood at this point. Mm -hmm. And whatever this is, is the remnants of something that's, it's blood-like, but whatever it is, it's not from a human. Oh, okay. Dilly, I guess, stands up from crouching over it, looks around, doesn't see anything, then heads back to Nixon Stannis when he comes up. I, something happened. I don't know what, but Cha-Cha's not here, I don't think. Yeah, I kind of figured she was going somewhere, Dilly, considering how she, like, set a rendezvous and all that before she left. I, yeah, but uh, it was fine when we were in Charmond and she did that, but now it's this, I don't know, it feels weird out here in the wild. So close to the Proving Grounds. 
If I can, Dilly, I will check back here before I leave and see if Chash is back. Okay. All right. Then I, I guess we wait till nightfall. Oh, if Dilly and Stannis want to. I think Dilly would at least wait and see that Nick's kit gets in just fine. Mm-hmm. Like at least wait like an hour after Nick's leaves. And then if there's no alarms going off, then assume that means Nick's is fine. Okay. So you go ahead and wait till nightfall. Not much other activity that you guys see. Nick's it's now nightfall. You've seen some of these students come and go. How are they getting in and out? So most of them seem to be doing some, it's kind of cute, definitely something, the kind of thing that you assume an aerial probably thought of Uh. first. They are literally like, they're usually like in groups of three and one will like jump onto the other's shoulder. And then the third person will like run up the two of them and then get a boost off the top person. And then they kind of, but it's also clearly like not necessary. (laughs) to do it this way because one of them could have climbed it because clearly the last person still gets out although they have to bounce off a post to do it well then i think what nix will do is she'll wait for the coast to be clear she's Mm going to pick a likely looking you know spot near near the infirmary if possible and she's going to use potentially for the first time this campaign obstacle running (laughs) okay but you're also doing it stealthy right yeah, she will try to be, you know, quiet. Wait for nobody to be looking in a shadow, like whatever. Okay, let's do this. Let's do the obstacle running part first. Okay. And then depending on how well you do that will kind of affect like where you are stealth wise. So for the obstacle running part, I think, especially with your background and skill, like, I mean, it's been a little while since you've been here. So you're just kind of going off what you've seen. But let's say it's a nine so you've got obstacle running, so that's down to a six. Mm-hmm. And you could either use might or speed. I mean might, because I got that free level of might. Okay, so now it's down to a three. Four. Okay. You're able to navigate these obstacles without any problem. So now give me a stealth roll of 12. I think Nick's going to be confident in her stealthiness. Yeah. And because you had been watching in advance, you kind of know where the guards are, so I'll make that a nine. Okay, so six with her confidence. I'll do a one speed effort. 12. Okay. Dilly, from a distance, you can see Nyx kind of like do this, like, once again, one of her like little parkour moves, and she flips over this like little wall barrier and just lands utterly, clearly silently inside there. And then she turns and she gives Dilly a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) You see? Oh, yeah, because Dilly can see in the dark, so he would actually be able mm-hmm. to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> Dilly just quietly like, why is she doing that? She's going to give her away her position. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't see. What? I, it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah, and Nix will uh, take a, you know, as circuitous as it needs to be route to the infirmary. Okay. So you go into the infirmary. This is probably going to have to be another stealth roll. Okay. So it's nine. You're trained. So that's a six. Well, not trained, but confident right now. Nine. Okay. You make your way to the infirmary. It's surprisingly empty in here. Normally there are more people, you know, wounded, especially at this time of year when there tend to be more students incoming. But really, you just see one traveler on the far side who is just asleep and snoring. They've got like a, a cast on their arm. And then there's Hey You, who seems to be sort of lounging 
against this wall with his right leg is in a splint and he is just writing in a journal. Yeah. The whole room smells of medicinal herbs, so it's a little a little pungent. Thank you. So yeah, she will approach Hey you quietly, squat down next to him and say, Hey, hey you. Turns, looks at you, and his mouth starts opening wide, and then he catches himself, and he looks over at the sleeping dude and looks back at you like, Nix, um, you're here. Yeah, man, I, uh, I've been investigating some shit, and I don't, I think that they have turned against me. And Nix will, like, lay out what she heard from the guards, she'll lay out the whole, like, what she found out about the plates, she's gonna fill Hey You in completely. He just kind of sits there nodding. He's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. Sorry to hear that, Nix. He keeps twisting his fingers, like, in his hand, like, sort of, like, like a little practice wrist stretches and things like that. Yeah, she wants an insight. All right. So this will be at 12, and I believe you're specialized in anything social, so it's 6. 11. He definitely knows all this information about, like, at least the situation about, like, as far as, like, the order actually being on the lookout for you and those guards out there, he is apparently aware of it. He doesn't look happy about it, and you can tell that, like, right now what is going on in his head is he is struggling to decide because he knows, kind of like you would feel in this situation a little bit, like, he knows he should be raising an alarm right now, but he doesn't want to, but he knows he really should. Pull out the tenants. <laughs> yeah, dude. Coding conscience. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there if we... Yeah, we'll get there if we need to. So, next day. Yeah, I can kind of tell that uh, you knew... You knew they were looking for me already, dude, and... Uh, yeah, they, they said it when I got here. You didn't turn me in? He kind of looks at you, and he says, I honestly don't know, Nix. You know, you gotta... You gotta answer to your own conscience conscience uh hey you but uh all i'm gonna ask from you is is a little bit of time he kind of looks warily over at the sleeping figure there and looks back at you and says how much do you need i gotta get into the library i gotta figure out how to save my mom i don't even know where to start looking in there and i thought maybe joseph might still be on my side he shrugs like maybe the only Pathfinder I've talked to about it is Pathfinder Gerald. I asked him about it when I got here, like I said I was going to. But I haven't I haven't seen her. What did he say? Like, have you ever heard of them turning a traveler over to to the queen? Like No, I haven't. But he said something about he has to think about the travelers as a whole. Just the individuals. We're supposed to be a uh, a family man. And uh, family doesn't turn each other in. So, uh, yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, that's real disappointing. Hey, like, like I said, I don't, I don't know if Josephine's the same. I just know what Gerald said. And I did my best to play it off as just haven't seen you in passing. I didn't really go into much detail either. I just said I bumped into you in the riage. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, do, do what you gotta do. Um, you're my friend, you know. Maybe we can meet later and friendlier environs. You should honestly try to talk to Joseph if you can. Where, uh, where are her rooms now? 
Uh, as far as I know, the same place is always. I, I never spent much time over there myself, but everyone else seems to be where I left them last time I was here. All right, and uh, Nix, just do me a favor. What? He kind of lifts up his chin to you and kind of shows you the size face and says, make it look good. Nix puts on her electric glove. Are you activating it? She doesn't activate it, no. Okay. Um, okay. But I assume it'll still leave like some sort of burn because it's got the one passive damage that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's unstable. Yeah. So, Heyu is not offering any resistance. So this is like yeah. a six for an average person. And for you, it's you're trained in an arm, so it's three. And you've got a free level might effort, so it's a gimme. So, but she'll look down at Hey You and be like, "If I don't, uh, if I don't make it out of this, make sure, uh, make sure you find my journal." And she just, yeah, hits him right in the, you know, corner of the jaw, and knocks him out. Okay. Yeah, he's out. The bruise is already blossoming on his face. All right. So, Cha Cha. You have had that moment of vertigo after you squeezed Bastion's toy and got poked with a little blade. After that vertigo settled, you found yourself in this synth room with these two doors. They've both got sort of wide red grids painted on them. And you've heard Buddy Cop say, Cha-Cha, it's time to return that favor. I mean, like, isn't that something you can just tell me about and not say... Oh, hey, give this, like, toy to Cha-Cha, but don't tell her about, like, all of the no-no zones. And then she touches the no-no zones and wakes up. Not in the forest. It was convenient to bring you here. Is this an actual place, or is this, like, a feeling? Oh, this is an actual place, Cha-Cha. So, um, what is the favor? Well, we'll get to that. Why don't you follow me? And he begins drifting towards one of those doors, and it opens as he approaches. Again, Buddy Cop is this tall, spectral figure of just ebon and flame in his eyes and mouth. And his mouth is like, got those like little, it's like, he's essentially got predator mouth. And he starts floating down. There's a hallway on the other side. The hallway is not synth and appears to be rough stone. Seems like a pretty um, established place. It's very old, yes. Did you just recently get it, or has this been yours for a while? Because, you know, when you get on the market for these places, you really got to snap them up. You want character. The answer to that question, Chacha, is very complicated. I'm very familiar with this space, but no, I haven't been here long. So is this like a reincarnation thing where, like, you died and you came back and then you're coming back to your old house? No, Cha-Cha. I'm just leading you to the door. Okay, but if, like, down the road you're like, JK, I was always here. This is not even my final form. I'm going to remind you that you're. this is now a lie. I have never and will never lie to you, Cha-Cha. Oh, that's actually really reassuring. Yeah, I think Cha-Cha's just going to keep following them. So he leads you down this long corridor. For the most part, he doesn't say anything until he reaches another door. And this door is very odd. It's flat, like synth, but the coloring's wrong. Like, it might be more ceramic. It's, it's sort of yellowish-white. 
like old ceramic or like we wanted this to look, you know, special. The coloration does not appear to be by design unless there's a lot of randomness to it. And you notice that there are spots on it that appear somewhat porous. Okay. And in fact, as you look closer, in some ways, it looks a bit like petrified bone. You know, there's like a weird myth that in ancient times, if you put your blood on someone's, like your ancestor's bone and it didn't absorb, you weren't like their child. But like bone is porous, so like... How would it not absorb? I did not know that. That's interesting. Because rubbing things on your bones, that makes them Mm non-porous. But you can only do it with old bones. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I guess Chad's just going to feel up the old bone door. Yeah, it feels like bone, but it's been clearly like there's a little bit of slickness to it. Like, so it's something has sealed it. Like, so as if somebody has treated it in order to keep it from degrading any further. They did that suede treatment on the door. So it's not absorbed. Yeah, I got that. Exactly. And Buddy Cop motions with a hand and the door opens inwardly. And on the other side, standing at about just a little shorter than you, Bastion with his purple smoky eyes and says, okay, I got, I got everything unlocked heading up. We're alone. Uh, what? We're, we're going. There were some, there were some, uh, well, we're alone now. I took care of the others. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I guess Trash is going to follow him. I'm very like, what is happening? What, what is? So buddy cop starts going up this set of stairs and Bastion kind of falls in next to you along the way and says, sorry about not telling you about the toy, but said I wasn't supposed to. I get it. Like, it's sometimes what people claim is for your own good, but like, really, it's just like, no, no. But like, you can't go against them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I think. And I'm excited, Cha-Cha. I like you and I think we're going to get to play forever. That'll be fun. But like forever literally or forever figuratively because we'll both die. Oh, I don't. I'm not sure I can die anymore. Maybe I can. I'm not sure. A fair thing to say, yeah. I haven't really wanted to put it to the test. I mean, it's not something most people want to test because like it's kind of permanent. Right, right. You were hard to find, Cha-Cha. We spent so much time looking for you before I caught up to you. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, it being transient in nature, it's very hard to, like, hold down an address. Oh, yeah, I know that. That's That makes total sense. You guys reach the top of the stairs, and Buddy Cop motions at another door, and Bastion goes over and dutifully opens it. This one is just a plain wooden door, and it leads into a room, and there are dead bodies on the floor. Maybe five, three men, two women. They look like their throats have been slashed. That is. And Bastion says, sorry, I didn't have time to clean up. I mean, as long... Well, actually, I don't think things can lead back to you, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, well, I mean, these guys might be able to figure it out. And, like, makes a little kicking motion at one of the bodies, kind of indicating a sleeve. And there is a strange insignia there of a eye floating above a unfolded tesseract amidst flames. Hmm. 
Who are they? Oh, these annoying people. They call themselves guardians. Oh, they have tattoos now? Well, I mean, they're more like patches on their coats. Oh, okay. I was just like, wait, what? So, like, guardians, as in what, Dilly and Nyx joined? Or just, like, this is another kind of guardians, kind of like, there's all these branches of people who are supposed to put out fires, but some are, like, not good at it, and they just want to do it for, like, the patches. I don't know, Chacha. I can't keep track of this stuff anymore. I think Chacha's gonna, like, try and make a mental note about, like, this insignia in case she meets up with Nyx and Dilly and be like, hey... Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think of this symbol? Mm -hmm. So Bastion and Buddy Cop continue walking until they reach a huge synth door. Like, it's so thick, it looks like a vault door. Mm. And Bastion goes over and walks directly through it. And then there's a huge clanking sound of locks sliding open. And the door opens, and there looks to be, like, you can see Numenera arrayed here. And it's almost like these, they're these, like, glowing synth pillars. They have, like, veins of purple and red light running through them. And they seem to be, like, sort of bookending this blank darkness, dark upon dark. It's as if the darkness wasn't just a lack of light. It was something that is something tangible in and of itself. And even though it makes absolutely no sense that you should be able to see anything in this darkness, you think you can faintly make out the outline of a six-foot-tall rectangle in the center of this blackness that's the same color as the surrounding blackness. And Buddy Cop says... That cha-cha, that's the door. Dilly. So Stannis is over there with you, and you guys see Nyx get in, and Stannis looks you said, so, Dilly? Um, I, we should wait a little bit, just like an hour, I think, half hour, maybe, I don't know. Just like enough, just in case like shit goes down immediately, we're here to help. But I mean, yeah, after that, we should probably move on to wherever um, you're going to... You're going to take me for this training thing. Okay. We can wait. So we do that. While you're sitting there, Stannis is like, so, uh, how's Italia? Um, Talia is off on her own. I, I hope she's good, mm. but I, I don't know. Yeah. A couple days after, uh, I think it was a couple days after we last parted ways, uh, Talia kind of literally disappeared. Like in front of our eyes, she did something with, uh, her grandmother and then just poof. So, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Oh, yeah. No, totally fine. I mean, it's her life. I just, it was very sudden and we never really got an explanation for it. At least I didn't, at least. But, you know, trying to respect her path, her uh, journey, I guess. And Dilly will make a weird derisive face at the Proving Grounds. <laughs> but, yeah. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm good. From what Vlad told me, it sounds like you're coming along well. I'm alive. Haven't been eaten yet. It's a good start. Thanks. He did say you had some family troubles. Family troubles? What do you... Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Did I tell you that I built an automaton for the Nixos? I don't remember that coming up amidst everything else we were discussing. No. Okay. It's, just, it's just hard to keep track. Yeah. 
I didn't know it at the time, who they were, or what it was for, but I built an automaton based on kind of a variant, uh, Relentless Reaper part, a Relentless Reaper metal mine they found. Purses her lips as if she would, like, whistle in response to that, but then she, like, catches herself, since you guys are, you know, officially hiding. <laughs> oh, wait, I haven't even gotten to the good part yet. So, I tried to lock it down, after I forgot who I was working for, and then I ran, and then, at some point in the process, when I was working on it, a connection was established between me and the intelligence within. I started having visions of the automaton's actions. Oh yeah, I remember this part. Chacha got really upset. Yeah, right. So we, when we got back to Charmand, I think possibly the day of or the day after. I think maybe the day after we uh, split paths or we went our separate ways. The automaton found us. Nyx kicked its ass, but only its body died, and now its persona is inside me. Its name is Aster. He uses he/him pronouns. Wow. Yeah. You have been busy. It's, yep, always something, always doing something. Yeah. Dilly, in your head, you hear Aster say, I suppose if that's the way you want to tell the story. (laughs) Dilly will suddenly, again, because Dilly now has to speak aloud to answer Aster. I I definitely skipped over some details, but I didn't say anything, like, wrong. Stannis is like, I didn't say you said anything wrong. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm talking to Aster. Oh, wow. Does this happen a lot? Um, occasionally. More than I'd like. <laughs> I think Stannis just sees, like, a grimace, like, wash over Dilly's face. Just, mm. Anyway, we're talking. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Does this ever come up, the Guardians? Automatons taking, like, hiding in people's bodies? Yeah. Is this weird? I'm, I mean... Anything can happen in the 11th world. I, yeah, I guess. But, all right. So, yeah, that's, um, what I'm, what I'm dealing with right now. Wow. That sounds, um, that sounds pretty intense. It's, I don't really have precedent for it. So, yeah, not a lot of experience to draw from on this one. All right. Well, fair enough. You give me a preview on the kind of training that we're going to be doing. Oh, just the usual stuff. I mean, it's going to be mostly basic principles and, and things like that. Perhaps some extra combat training get you matched up with a partner for that. I mean, honestly, I mean, Princess told you, I mean, this is mostly an out, right? I, it's stuff you need to learn, but stuff that would help you, but... I want to be clear, I'm not using this as an out. I don't want to run away from the dangers that my friends are running into willingly, but I do want to be more used to them, instead of just throwing up bubbles, which has been effective. Stannis kind of, like, raises an eyebrow and looks at you and says, Then why are you going? Why am I going? I mean, I saw you run into your friend's help on that ship. I mean, I saw you take a guardian stance. Like, Dilly, you can't just go somewhere and train for a week and become a warrior. Why not? It takes years of practice and training, Dilly. It's not anything you learn overnight. You, like... This isn't like cramming for a test. I mean, if you want to learn how to be more effective in combat situations, if you want to learn more about the different things that the Guardians do or different roles that you might even take on in the future, that's totally fine. But if you're looking to be better at combat, that's your worry. Being able to help your friends when they're in danger like this? 
that's not something that's not a short-term goal dilly i think after a second dilly kind of looks down and then looks out at the proving grounds and then winces as he sees someone get like a tooth knocked out mm-hmm. well then what do i do i can't tell you what to do dilly that's that's your choice i'm just saying like it's the things that we do to protect humanoid kind the mission is enormous there's huge responsibility there but when it comes to this just prentice and the proctors are right what nix is doing is dangerous if she's captured if they find out any information about the guardian's existence through that process it's very dangerous for us and it's only going to be exacerbated you know, the more of us that are there. I'm not immune to torture Dilly, and I know even more information than you and Nix do about how we operate. I mean, Dilly, uh, I mean this just objectively, no offense, you don't know any more than Nix does. <laughs> Dilly kind of chuckles at that. Maybe even less. Okay, you be quiet for a little bit. Sorry, not you, Stannis. I, sorry. It's... <laughs> yeah, okay. I just... I just wish that I felt like I was in control of what I was doing for once. Dennis actually, like, exhales and rolls her eyes at you. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too cheesy? Is that not is that not an honest human emotion to have? Control their fucking life? I'm just saying, Dilly, you're always in control of what you're doing. That's your choice. It's literally the only thing that's under your control. Mm-hmm. Feels like I've been mostly just pushed around for the past however many months. Three? Is it three? Well, not making a choice and just going with the flow is a choice, too. Oh, fuck. Dilly, don't get me wrong. I think you're... I, I think you have a lot of potential in you. I see someone who will be a great guardian. But that means you've got to make choices, man, and and own them. If you want to go get training, fine. Let's go get training. We'll get you started on that. You want to go down and help Nick's? Make a choice. But don't try to pin that choice on what the guardians are telling you to do what i'm telling you to do or that nix wants you to do make your own choices dilly you're doing them anyway one way or the other you just need to own them when you do dilly i think stance probably can't see it but dilly's furrowing his brow just kind of thinking about what she's saying watching another fight break out the proving grounds mm-hmm. and then i imagine only like 20, 25 minutes have passed since Nick snuck in. Mm-hmm. And then he says, all right, let's go train right now. Let's just go. Nick's will be fine. And if she isn't, well, we probably couldn't help her anyway like this. So let's just go. All right. And Stannis kind of motions off in the direction for you guys to start walking in. All right. Dilly wraps both of them in shadowy illusions. And I guess we head off. Okay, cool. Nick's, what are you doing down there? Yeah, she's uh, she's going to head straight to well, you know, stealthily head to Joseph's room, rooms. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that'll be a stealth roll of twelve. And I think that the her rooms, if she's still the primary trainer for the traditional school, would be probably in that dormitory. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What was the stealth roll? Twelve. Nineteen. Nice. What would you propose as a minor effect? I would like. I don't know if this is minor, but with like Nix's different hair now and clothing and all that stuff, I would like like any little students running around not to immediately peg her as Nix if she's heading into the dormitory area and get spotted. Okay. 
Cool. So yeah, you reach Josekin's room, unseen by anyone else, unnoticed. What do you do? Listen at the door initially. Give me a perception roll of nine. Mm, six. Yeah, I mean, you can you can tell somebody's in there. You get, like, occasional creaks, but you can't make out clearly, like, what anybody's doing or anything like that. All right, so Nyx has her glove on and her, like, she's going to use the gloved hand to open the door and she has, like, her finger, other finger hovering over the activation for her growth harness. Mm-hmm. And she's going to try the knob. Okay. So you try the knob. It is unlocked. And you hear a familiar voice from inside. Who's there? If you need help with something, just come in. Please stop cowering outside my door. (laughs) Nick stops cowering outside the door and she slides in and immediately closes the door behind her. Um, What does Jessica look like? I want to say that she is like in, in build very similar to Nick's. They have a lot of the same musculature. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, they do the same exercises. They practice the same moves. Mm-hmm. But she is... She's a little older. She might be in, like, her early 50s. She has very dark hair. She's got, you know, crow's feet. And then just almost strangely warm and patient brown eyes. Like, you wouldn't expect, considering her, mm-hmm. you know, ripped and scarred exterior. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So she looks over you and you can see there's like a moment of confusion on her face and then something you can see that sort of like light bulb flick on when she recognizes you and says, Nix, you've, you've come home. Have I come home? You're here. I'm here and, uh, Queen's guards are right outside. Yeah. That's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation you've put us in, Nix. I'm... I... Josa, I put us in this unfortunate situation? What, because of the heist? Because of my friends? Do you know why I was doing side jobs? I heard your... And she kind of, like, twists her mouth a little bit. Your mother was sick. And do you know, uh... Do you know the nature of her her illness, Josa? And Nyx is just watching her very carefully for, like, any sign of betrayal or she's about to yell or, like, whatever. So Josa doesn't seem to be calling out. In fact, Josa's, like, posture in her chair seems very relaxed. Okay. She doesn't seem tense or anything like that. Mm, how deceptive. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, Nyx poses the question, what she knew about her mom's disease. Janenemy said it was a blessing. Janenemy's full of shit, Josa. And uh, I hate to say it, but I don't know how much you know, and I hope it's not a whole lot, but this society is up to something because my aunt, she was a traveler. We thought she died. And like the society sent my mom this very nice plate, which has been given her teleportation attacks. You know, I'm a corrupted energy source and uh, my aunt is half a capacitor and uh so what the hell is going on he just nods slowly and you realize that like none of this information you're telling her is surprising to her and she says all right so that happened what do you want me to say nix first i want to know what is going on why the society is doing this in the first place i want to know what happened to my aunt i want to save my mother And you know what? Honestly, Josa, when I came here, I thought I could save the society. 
but I guess family means something to me, and it means something different to you. This is the problem when we make special cases, Nix. Nix, we want to be able to travel. We want to be able to do as my ancestor, our founder, intended. But our reach is limited. And there was once an idea that became a dream of an ability to go anywhere we needed. Complete freedom of movement. And at one point, the Pathfinders figured out a way to work. And honestly, I, I have to tell you, I was starting to become convinced that it would never work. That the... And she kind of lowers her eyes for a moment there and then brings them back up to you again. Very compassionate brown eyes. That the costs were too great. But then Janenemy sent word about your mother. And it was a joyous day for those of us among the Pathfinders. It's suddenly everything that had been going on, all this pain, all this hardship, it was suddenly, it was worth it because it had worked. We had a successful host, and you're part of that. You're part of that success. And your aunt, she's part of it too. Where is she? I think she spends most of her time in Sherman these days. Most of them do. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? The fucking lampreys, dude. Fuck. Fuck. Joseph, I said. Did you expect me to lie to you, Nix? Did you expect me to try to deceive a traveler? No. No, of course not, Joseph. You see, I uh, I expected you to live by, in this society, to live by the tenets that you taught us. But uh, but look at number one, Joseph. Number frickin' one. All who wander the ninth world are our friends until prove until they prove otherwise. We are here to ease and extend their journey and to eliminate those who would seek to disrupt it for their own gain. What do you think you're doing? What do you think the Pathfinders are doing? I have seen my mother suffer immeasurably, and you call that success. I call it a betrayal. I'm sorry to hear that, Nix. I didn't expect you to understand. You always were slow for anything that wasn't dealing with your fists. Yeah, well, I've learned a lot, Joseph. Oh, yeah? Show me. Yes! (laughs) Nyx fucking hits that growth harness. Fuck. Okay. You start drawing. She gets 12 additional might points and plus two damage on attacks. For an hour. Yeah, for an hour you're like this. Oh, thank you. So you hulk out. Josa is still sitting in her chair, calmly watching. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, she's waiting for you. Okay, she's waiting for Nyx. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick's, Nick's going to take her freaking time. She's going to wait. She's going to activate her glove now. Okay. Joseph has just raised her right eyebrow. And uh, let's see. What else can Nick do? Move like water. Can't you like just start adding? Oh, yeah. It activates moving like water. This is great. This is like, a, like everyone do your buffs. Yeah. All right. Go Nova. Buff up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're either going to kill her or she's just like gonna completely negate everything right like either or yeah either or who knows yeah nix is gonna go for the grapple and the bite okay so you're gonna try to grapple first or are you just trying to bite oh yeah because the moving like water and the bite hindrance would cancel kind of yeah unless you want to try to grapple first no (laughs) i don't think so okay so that's a 24 god what (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> right, level of my effort. So twenty-one. Mm-hmm. God. Oh, but I have so much might. So yeah. So three, and there's just two for everyone after, right? Yep. So she'll do a total of four levels of effort. So that's down to a nine. Oh, nice. Wait, wait. N- Nix is trained and unarmed. Yep. Didn't you already say trained earlier? That brought it down to a twenty-one. Oh, maybe I did. No, my free level of my effort, I think I said first, and that brought it down to 21. And then I spent three additional levels, mm-hmm. which is 15. Then she's... Wait, that's bad math. It's no, that's 12, good math. It's 12 with the effort and then nine with the training. So okay. nine is right. Yeah. yeah, so it's a nine. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, here we go. <laughs> 11. Okay. So you hit her for... It's eight plus three, so... Whoa, whoa. For... El- Oh, yeah. 8 plus 3 with the glove is 11. Plus 2. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is 13 because of the growth harness. Mm-hmm. And she's hindered. Why is she Because it's a bite. You haven't bitten. Well, yeah, you're trying to bite. If you're trying to bite, you're not going to be able to hit with your glove. Oh, fuck. Yeah. F- fuck the bite then. Yeah, she's, she's punched up with her glove. Yeah. Okay. So you hit her for 13. Your fist hits her across the face as she's kind of getting up and flowing up and move. It was quite a hit. And she kind of moves and kind of slides up into a standing position. And, like, she kind of turns her head back and massages her jaw a little bit. And then she reaches up, puts one finger against her left nostril, and then blows blood out the right. And says, not bad, Nix. My turn. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Nix, please make a 24 speed defense. Sure. Nix is... So that's a... 18... Nyx is moving like water, so that's a 15. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Five. Fuck. Five. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, fucking, fuck. So, Josephine, she looks at you and says, like, my turn, and she comes in with her left hand, and you, you've always known, like, from practicing with her, that left hand, right hand, you never know what to expect with her. She doesn't have a particular hand that she favors or anything like that. And it's just very fluid. But she's coming in like that. And you see that. You start moving with it. And then you feel just this hint of motion out of your peripheral vision as the flat of her right hand hits you in the chest, sending you backwards. And you'll take 10 might damage. Armor? (laughs) Yes, armor will help. Okay. All right. She hit her Nyx in the middle of the chest? Yep. Knocking you back across the room. How did Nyx to blow blood out of her nostril? (laughs) (laughs) And she says, come on, Nyx. You're faster than that. Nyx isn't. That was as fast. Oh, no, no. I guess Nyx could have succeeded, huh? All right. I think this time, going for the bite. And then... God, so many... What, What were we able to bring it down to? With, like, full effort and everything last time? A nine. A nine? So this will be a 12, because I, I can't spend that much effort. <laughs> wow. I mean, I could. It seems foolish. 15. Okay, cool. So you bite her, so that's eight damage, right? Nine. Yeah, so that's nine damage. That's with the gross harness? Yeah. And then the venom goes in, and she, she like, looks at you, and that's new... Uh, Nyx tries to take some flesh away as uh, she extricates herself. 
Okay. Nyx, make a 24 speed defense. It's gonna hurt. 24 speed defense. 18. Moving like water. 15. One level. Yeah, one level. 17. Okay. You managed to dodge out of the way just moments before her hand would have nodded in your hair and start like and you can see her hand like it even kind of goes out and closes if it's going to do and you can almost see the wrist turn like she was going to like grab you by the hair and like flip you bodily while pulling you by the hair but she misses and she's like that's better you actually even did better than that because i forgot to hinder her now that she's hindered yeah i I realized that but it it didn't you've gotten better nix you've been learning yeah show me what else you got okay so Nyx takes her literally and she fucking hits the release on her fucking cannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So that is a 21 to hit. Okay. Nyx is trained in heavy ranged. Okay. So 18. It's speed only for range, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll do one level of effort. 15. <laughs> I'll do two levels of effort. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> Questions about my speed. <laughs> Nick's has speed. Ten. No. Damn. So the cannon goes off, and that, of course, brings sounds of alarm for elsewhere in the dormitory. <laughs> and she has kind of dodged out of the way after when you fired that and you saw it hit the wall behind her and she looks at you and she just kind of shakes her head and like fucks her tongue. Like you can see her body tensing up to do something and at that point we cut over to Dilly and Stannis walking in the dark and Stannis is kind of walking you along this path and you guys have been walking now for like you know 20 minutes or so and Stannis is being very quiet and not because she's hiding anything. You get the feeling she is giving you time alone with your thoughts. Yeah. I think occasionally, though, she does hear, like, shut up, Aster. No, Aster, I'm not talking to you right now. Mm-hmm. Shut up. And finally, after a while, she mutters, like, it is going to take me a while to get used to that. Used to what? Oh, that's right. Me. Hi. Um, yeah. Sorry. I'll try to be clear who I'm talking to. No, not you, Aster. Okay. Well, we've got a two-day journey ahead of us to get to the safe house. That, uh, where is the safe house? Is that like in a village or just like middle of nowhere? Uh, no, it, it's actually a fortress that we've built up over time over here at the northern foothills. Ooh. We're not quite across the border, but we're close to it. We try to keep any of our like safe houses as best we can, especially if it's somewhere where we're going to be doing training, like a good distance from any organizations or major cities just not practical you don't want people spying right yeah uh so border so like we're heading towards the northern border of navarine yeah okay is it common knowledge what's north of navarine or what's immediately north of navarine i'd say dilly give me some sort of intellect based role maybe a lore based role of some sort of nine w12 nine six eight you know that north of Navarine is a place that it's called the Crystal Falls Skyfields. As far as you know, it is some sort of like desert-like territory where supposedly there are massive crystals that fall from the sky. 
some of them are extremely valuable. Like some of them are actually like are charged with energy and can be used as IO, but they fall unpredictably and they are like, it's not safe to just wander through there because those crystals are large. And if they land on you, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So we're heading north. So how, how, cl- how close, how close are we to those crystals? Some of those crystals, I could, could use those in some ciphers. We might be able to arrange a field trip, Dilly. Yes. I mean, that, thank you. That'd be lovely. If we have time, of course. Yeah, it's not a short trip, but it's not too much farther than what we're walking from here to the safe house. Another two days north. We just have to avoid the border guards. Okay. Skyfields are just like a desert, though. Like, what, what do border guards really need to guard against? Oh, that's that's Amber Pope crap. Oh. He's constantly paranoid that beyond the steadfast of the North Dilly is... The Crystal Falls Skyfields, and beyond that is another nation. The nation itself is almost as large as half the Steadfast, but the Amber Pope is convinced that they are a threat to the Steadfast's way of life. No idea why, as far as I know, they've never taken any military action against it, but they certainly do not recognize the Amber Papacy or the Order of Truth as far as I know, they don't even they don't even speak the truth. I think they have their own language up there. Huh. Obviously, with the Skyfields, we don't. There's not a lot of travel in between the two places. But Skyfields are that dangerous. They're pretty hazardous. I I wouldn't spend an extended period of time in them. Hmm. That field trip I talked about that'll be like going across the border, just trying to spot the nearest one and harvest what you can and get out. Yeah, just holding a net over the border and hoping that someone falls in. Yeah, I could, yeah. Yeah, they're too big for that, Dilly. We're talking about crystals the size of buildings. <laughs> I was joking. I was making a joke. <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, no, it's fine. Um, cool. Cool, cool, cool. This is boring, Father. <laughs> yeah, why is this boring, uh, Aster? We walk all the time. You walk all the time. Yeah? What do you do to entertain yourself? Hard to come by these days. Hmm. I was making optimizations, but... I've been told that's not okay to do. Because you don't ask for permission when you do those. Aster, sorry. I'm not talking to you, Stannis. It's kids, huh? I'm just going to assume you're not talking to me until you call me by name at this point. I'm just going to pretend that I'm not disturbed by the content of your conversation, just to make it easier for both of us. I can be quieter if it's unsettling. I'm sorry. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> 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 and at that point, Dilly, you hear a deep voice behind you that says, It doesn't. And it's Vlad's voice. Ah, Vlad? Hey, Dilly. Why? 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 Have you been following me? I wasn't just going to leave you guys there. I went to pick some things up and came back, but I honestly was surprised, you know, seeing you guys leave here. I mean, it made it easier for me to catch up to you, but. Dilly turns to Stannis. Hey, Stannis. Vlad, I'm not supposed to be here, but uh, you kind of do your own thing, don't you? Vlad just kind of ignores Stannis and then stops for a second, turns back to her. That makes two of us, holds up a fist, and they fist bump each other. (laughs) (laughs) Does it feel like there's a lot of history, or are they just like work friends? They seem like genuinely fond of each other. Okay. Like, not necessarily romantic, but just like 
does it seem like they were in an adventuring party for a while at some point? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think what it is is it's it's more like like you get the impression that because they are field agents essentially, they sort of handle their affairs like to a certain degree with some autonomy. Like they think of themselves as they're the ones. The metaphor is incorrect, but they're the ones fighting the real war for humanoid survival. And so they're out there doing their own thing. So they have their own approach to things that Dilly, it's now occurring to you possibly for the first time that Vlad and Stannis may not do exactly as the proctors asked them to do. They are not necessarily super rigid in the way they operate. Okay. Dilly just kind of keeps that to himself for a little bit. Question about Stannis. What's, what's her flavor? What's her thing? You never figured that out. Okay. Cause I, th- I think Dilly all of a sudden at this interaction notices that Vlad is very much a higher level version of Dilly in a certain sense. Prentice is a higher level version of Chacha. And then he's looking at Stannis and just be like, is this high level Nyx or is this high level Italia? What is this? Mm-hmm. There's weird patterns that Dilly starts noticing all of a sudden that Dilly's just like, hmm, hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I see you, God. I see you. <laughs> uh, so, Vlad, are you coming with us to wherever safe house we're going to? I didn't expect you to go to the safe house, Dylan. I just thought this was part of your plan with Nix. <laughs> Sorry, you thought we had a plan? <laughs> Correction. <laughs> I thought this was part of whatever notion of a scheme masquerading as some sort of plan you guys would have. (laughs) That's still very complimentary, but... He kind of looks at Stannis like a little confused and she just looks at Dilly and shrugs. (laughs) Dilly shrugs back and just says, what is this? What? Uh, But yeah, we're going to a safe house. I'm going to get some training in while Nick does some house cleaning. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. He looks at Stannis like, okay, maybe I had him pegged wrong. Don't peg me. That's <laughs> a good boundary to set. <laughs> Can't tell if I'm pleased or confused, but yeah, happy to get you some training. And, and I did pick you up something, Dilly. Oh, yeah? What, what'd you get? He uh, reaches into a pocket and he pulls out a small thing that it doesn't really look like synth. It looks like it's more ceramic. And it is shaped like, if you think about like, like what we would think of as an old key, except it's like this ceramics are like, it's like multiple ceramics that are woven together in like a twisting shape. The key teeth extend out in multiple directions. So it's almost like a bristling of key teeth at the end of it. And as soon as he pulls it out, Astrovision clocks it Mm -hmm. and puts a threat percentage of 62%. And you hear Stannis behind you kind of whistle. And she's like, is that? And Vlad says, it's a key to the foundry, Dilly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, the what? The Volink foundry. Volink foundry. Each key can only be used once. Then they stop working. What is the Volink foundry? It's a prior world installation. I have no idea where it is, Dilly. I'm going to be honest with you. But... I have it on good authority that this is one of the keys. Like I said, each key can only be used once. But the Volink Foundry, according to what I've read, any Numenera you can conceive of a plan for can be built there. 
and in it itself is a storehouse of untold amounts of plants. But all the doors are locked, all the entrances are held off, but there are keys to those entrances. It's just once the key is used, it's able to change the locks, shall we say. Interesting. And wait, you're giving me this key? Is this, or is this something else? Yeah, Dilly. Oh, fuck. I'm giving it to you. I, I have no idea where this thing is, but if you find it, you'd be able to make more use of it than I would. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dilly will gingerly take it if it's being held out for him. It's very light, and you hear Aster's voice in the back of your head. This is... This shouldn't be here. Why is that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Flint. Why is that, Aster? The foundry's forbidden. And why would that be, Aster? Dangerous threats are made there. Things that impact our protectorate. You know, if we found an entrance to this, we could probably build you a body there. The thought has occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And what? what's this protectorate? I mean, you're not even in a relentless reaper body anymore. Like, aren't you kind of off the grid? Aren't you excommunicated? Aren't you kind of... What's the word? What's the word? Extra legal? What's the word when you kind of do something outside the law without breaking it? It's not illegal. It's extra legal? Ultra legal? I think it's extra legal. Okay. The area where we have authority and responsibility is wide reach. Father, been away from the source for too long. And even though you can't see him, there's something about the intensity of the astrovision around the key. It's almost like, like that threat percentage is still there, but there's almost like, there's something about the way, and it doesn't make sense because it's not a visual thing. It is your instinctual feeling from what you know about Aster, that there's something about the way the reticules are zeroing in on this key that's almost hungry. Cha-cha. Bastion is just sort of beaming at you. So like, here it is. Man, it's been forever since I've looked at this thing. Did you open the door once? No, I didn't open the door. That's how I ended up like this. Buddy Cop says, Bastion declined to repay the favor as promised. And so he agreed to a debt of equal value. So it's open the door and potentially end the world or basically work for you forever. We're going to change the world, Cha-Cha. I didn't say we would end it. Why do you think it would end the world? It's probably going to start the next phase of the world. So it's more like speeding up Mother Nature and being like, hey, Mother Nature... Here's some drugs. I'm not sure I follow that metaphor, but we're going to change the world. We need an appropriate catalyst. And all of that is on the other side of the door. But is this going to be like we're bringing back an extinct animal and we're like, don't worry, though, we put in safe measures. There's not going to be any problem. And then nature finds a way and suddenly there's just we're overrun with this extinct animal and they're killing everyone. I'm not proposing any safety measures, Cha-Cha. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems about right. And I like phone a friend. I don't know how you would do such a thing. Like, just to say, like, hey, something might be coming. Don't worry about it. Just maybe get to a safe spot and hunker down. Maybe don't invest in new real estate right now. I don't know that would make a difference, Cha-Cha. You're about to free an entire species from bondage. And you're going to 
opened this world up to so many wonderful things that it has been isolated away from for oh so long. Ah, yeah, this is a tough call because I'm like, oh man, is this where I like need to roll a new character and be like, no, she's going to do a bastion and then that's where you like hand over your like character sheet to the GM and be like, okay, I'll start afresh. This is really hard. (laughs) I will say this. I mean, obviously there are things you could do that could be dangerous to Cha-Cha, but so of the two choices that have been described to you thus far, neither one of them kills Cha-Cha. Let me put it that way. No. Just like, it doesn't help that it's like two to three days away from spoopy times. And I'm just like, uh, Mm -hmm. I want to embrace the spoopy, but at the same time, I'm just like, Chacha, if you open the door, I think I get to be solid again, and we can play together. Or if you don't open the door, you become like me, and we can play together forever. Everything's coming up, Bastion. (laughs) I mean, truth. Either way, Alex will be happy, because Chacha gets her friend. Question is, what would Chacha want? Mm Mm-hmm. So if Chacha goes insubstantial, then she can't hug Nyx and Dilly anymore, but we were kind of on the fence about touching because of the mutations. Mm -hmm. Buddy Cop is standing there waiting for your answer. The debt must be paid, Cha-Cha. Will you do this simple favor for me? Will you be my key? Or do we need to negotiate an alternative just as valuable? Okay, let's do this. Oh, wow. Excellent. I just need you to take my hand and be my key. Chacha's gonna, like, take off her glove and, like, I think, you know, Chacha is a little cranky because, like, not at Bastion. Bastion, Bastion's fine in Chacha's book, but Buddy Cop's kind of, like, she's now kind of realizing he might have taken advantage of Bastion, and he's probably taken advantage of a lot of people, and maybe, like, not Buddy Cop was right, and Buddy Cop's not the greatest person to be, like, happy with. And we're just going to be like, what the fuck? You know? And I think she's going to use that rage to try and, like, mutate Buddy Cop. Oh, wow. Okay. Going to take that hand and see what happens. Okay. I had a hunch you might think of this. (laughs) I'm just like, I mean, why not? (laughs) We're going to do this anyway. (laughs) Why not? Okay. So you are taking his hand and... Roll me. So I've actually got a custom mutation chart. (laughs) Roll me 1d100. Okay. This is how predictable my level of chaos has gotten, huh? (laughs) So when I'm using the... Oh, oh, no. That answers that question. I got a two. Okay. Cool. Like, I wrote out a hundred things, and you got it fucking too. Buddy Cop, and this is honestly the first time that you've encountered Buddy Cop where you've actually touched Buddy Cop, where you felt him physically. And at first, it's sort of a light touch, like, almost like he's not completely there. But as you touch him, you can feel this tingle in your body. He's trying to make you the key. You can see the smoke kind of wafting up from your eyes in an increased volume. And then you feel another quiver in your chest. 
from the remnants of nature. And Body Cop's hand becomes very solid to you. And you hear Body Cop say, Chuck, what are you doing? And then this being becomes more and more solid. And you realize that he's not a horror anymore. He is completely in phase. And he's growing larger. His body begins bristling with spines. Oh my. And he opens his mouth to scream and there's just that flame in his mouth. And he twists and he says, stop, stop. And you can see him growing bigger. And you can see him reach out a hand as if to like grab the floor and try to pull himself away from your hand. He like digs his claws into the stone ground and you can see it actually like tearing through stone a little bit. And finally, when that's not working, he lifts it up and swings it at the Numenera pillars. And one of them goes crashing down. And for a moment, that void flickers in the blackness. And there is a shaking quiver. It's strange in this moment, Cha-Cha. Maybe it's the adrenaline of the moment. Maybe it's because you're upset. You're, like, taking in details in turn. And the order in which you're focusing on them doesn't make sense to you. But you're noticing all these small details, all the things that Buddy Cop is doing, this weird flickering in the void. And the fact that despite not being corporeal, and despite, as far as you know, being very different from what you would consider to be, you know, living, with the exception of you know that he eats, you can see that Bastion has peed himself. (laughs) His face is terrified. Buddy Cop's hands claw against the outside of this door and the door does not open but you hear his claws rake down it cutting into it just a bit and when he pulls his hand back it's almost like the darkness is stuck to his fingers like he's pulling himself away from some sort of taffy that was epic (laughs) and the structure that you're in begins to shudder. Bastion, we need to leave. We need to leave right now. Uh, yeah, I... Take the glove hand. We need to get out. He'll come after us. It'll be fine. I I owe him, though. I mean, what are we going to do? Drag him out? Buddy Cop looks at you, Cha-Cha, and says, you still owe me a debt. Yeah, but, like, the building's coming down. Trust me, that's the least of your problems. I mean, this, you asked me to hold your hand. You asked me to do this. Well, at least we can agree on one thing, Cha-Cha. We're going to change the world. Nyx. So Nyx just... Fired the cannon and missed. Fired the cannon and missed. So Josekin is now coming at you. Yeah. So she's hindered because she's got your venom in her. So that will be a 21. So that'll be a 15, and then move like water, 12. All right, see what happens. 15. Okay, so you dodge. Again, it's so close. Like, you could hear the swish of her fists as she comes close. She seems to already, like, dance away. Like, she is clearly keeping a sensible distance between you and battle, not just as part of the standard, you know, fighting style. She's also... Because now she's aware that the fangs are involved here. Yeah. 
I also want to say too that like Nix's synth leg being a little bit longer than her other leg and her adapting to that, she probably moves just a little bit slightly differently than Joseph remembers mm-hmm. to help explain the misses. Okay, uh, so yeah, Nix is going to go in with the glove. So that's a 21. And then Nix is trained and unarmed. That's an 18. Move like water, 15. One free level of might's 12. I'll spend one more level of might. Three. Okay, so she dodges out of the way. And at this point, I'll offer you an XP. Yeah. Will you give the other one to? I think to you, Daniel. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what would you do with it? To Samson. What if Dan could get XP and force us to reroll that 20s? How fucked would that be? We could we could do table XP. I choose Samson. Josekin dodges out of the way and she says, You've learned so much, Nix, but you still learn most of it from me. Even your flaws. And she sends a hand darting in and it strikes you right in the throat. Aww. And it cuts off your air for a moment and then Josekin swings around behind you and puts you in a choker hold. And she says, Time to go to sleep, Nix. <laughs> no more running. No more fighting. And that's where we'll end the season. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no more running. No more fighting. What does that mean? Do you know what we're can't, good at. Can't wait, though. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for next season. <sighs> I'm going to ask each of you guys for something from that episode because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love a student master rematch. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, I thought you played her extremely well. Thank you. That was just awesome. And managed to like with the, like the growth harness, having that and the 12 extra might points. Mm-hmm. Oh, it made it so much more epic. That is awesome. <laughs> made it so much more epic because Nick could, Nick could spend more effort and really put her in the fight. Because otherwise, like a 24, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. and then ending it with the XP. Uh, I appreciated that because, you know, Nick's didn't, like, Nick's lost the fight, right? Narratively speaking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I liked being rewarded for it. And I, you know. I'm always interested to see where these intrusions go. So even if I have to wait a whole off season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's no fun to have like a next thing get her ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, like she's a tough NPC and while there was absolutely like, it's not like it was predetermined. There was absolutely a way that you could have, if the dice were in your favor, defeated her here. And yeah, yeah. but I also didn't want it to be something where it turned into like a powerful NPC, like beat down on a single player character. Yeah. So it was more fun to come up with a rewarding way to get you to a conclusion there. I'm super excited. And I love how like every time we do this like separate recording, I do something like banana fosters bonkers. Like this is going to be fun for them to hear and discover. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I was so excited because like I knew that Buddy Cop and Bastion were going to talk about the two sides of either opening the door or not opening the door. And either one of them would have had fun consequences. Yeah. I didn't think about the mutation thing, honestly, until earlier today. And I was like, you know what? I bet Alex will probably think about doing. What would she do? Would she try to mutate Buddy Cop? Would she try to mutate Bastion? Like, like. Okay, I need a mutation table to figure out what exactly what happens then. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I feel like Chacha's seen it go bad enough times. She wouldn't do it to Bastion. 
Because if she did it to Bastion, he might die, and then mm-hmm. she would have that on her conscious. If it happens to Buddy Cap, <laughs> especially after he establishes he's not that great of a person. How about you, Samson? Well, two things. Delia has taken another step in his growth, small step that mm-hmm. may have cost Nyx her life, because now Delia can't help with whatever is going to happen to her now. And also, Dilly has a key to a fucking Eldorado for rights. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Awesome. It's great. I'm into it. Excellent. Yeah, so we'll find out next season what happens. As always, we'll do some... Well, as we've done it once before, but <laughs> during the season break, we'll do some one-shots of some other games before we come back and ready to go. So we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, and XP to check out something that we think you would really dig. This week, it is my turn, and it's one I cannot believe I haven't mentioned before. And it's probably because it's one of those things that is such a staple and sort of pillar of audio fiction podcasts that it's such an institution that I forget that not everybody in the world has heard about it. And that is, I would like to recommend the podcast Pseudopod. Pseudopod is one of the granddaddies in the podcasting space. They have been around since 2006. They are a horror audio fiction podcast. So they are a recognized publisher in their own right. The Science Fiction Writers of America consider them a professional market. They do audio renditions of both stories that they purchase initially, so an original from them, and they also do some reprints from previously published horror short stories as well. And it's a combination of short stories. They also have occasional like flash fiction collections where they'll combine three stories into one, and they always have great narrators. It is a true horror podcast. These are stories that will frighten and disturb you. There are some stories from that show that still, like, I listened to, like, years ago, and they still occasionally, like, intrude on my thoughts with, like, haunting memories from them. They're they're so effective. And the stories really run the gamut in their style. I mean, you've got slow burns, like 20 Simple Steps to Ventriloquism, or the Coven of Dead Girls, which begins with sort of like a creeping dread and then kind of gets to a crescendo of rage and terror at the end. It's just amazing audio fiction, brilliant writing, and, you know, it's a different story every week. And like I said, they've been around since 2006. It's intimidating backlog, but they actually have, if you go to their website, pseudopod.org, they actually have a page that's for new listeners, and that's from their first 10 years of releasing. They had listeners kind of vote on which stories made the like were the most memorable. So you've got that t- list of 10. And then they later added the next list of like 10 from the next 10 years in their operation, or not 10, but mm-hmm. you know, however many years in between. So it's great work. And I would be seriously remiss if I talked about Pseudopod and I didn't also highlight the contributions of Alistair Stewart. He's the co-owner of Escape Artists, the podcast company that produces it, as well as a sci-fi show and a fantasy show. He is also the primary host for Pseudopod, and his intros and outros are so insightful, well-written, and performed. They're, they're delight in themselves as they bookend the stories. And if you're not familiar with him outside of Pseudopod, he is 
He, he himself is an institution in speculative fiction, both as an enthusiast and a publisher. He's well worth a follow on social networks. He also has a weekly newsletter, The Full Lid, which is like an outstanding tour through like just wonderful things being produced in horror, science fiction and fantasy and other stuff. So highly recommend. I'll include some links to some stories that I think are really good and powerful, just things that pop into my memory from time to time in the show notes. But highly recommend Pseudopod. It is guaranteed to give you the creepies, which is good. If people wanted to reach out to us and tell us what they think of Pseudopod, The Sound of Horror, or our podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Oh, well, thank God we have a website for them to go to and find all our socials. That website is explorerswanted.fm. Our main socials are Twitter, where we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. And then it's not its not really a social in the same way the others are, but we have a Discord where we're pretty active. You can find that at explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. We're pretty active there. Share stuff. Make dumb jokes. Dan has a little uh, cat thing with the uh, little Discord bot. Learn cat facts from Dan. Come to our Discord. Learn cat facts. You could also come to our Patreon and give us money. If it's within your means, it's at patreon.com slash explorers wanted. Give us, give us your money if you can. <laughs> and if you can't, definitely do. Um, if you can't support us financially, that's totally okay. Honestly, the best thing you could do for us is to tell your friends why you like the show, why they should listen. Word of mouth is huge for podcasts. The second best thing, which kind of factors into word of mouth, is leaving those five-star reviews on podcast directories like Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. It really does make a big difference. I know I say it every week, and so it's probably all starting to blur into the same thing at this point. But cannot emphasize enough, it makes a huge, huge difference, and we love seeing that feedback. If you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was bad, Remember that in the right light, a candle at dark, or outdoors in the moonlight on a chill November night, you can just see the black water slowly dripping from the lips of your reflection in the mirror. It's thick, almost muddy, and it stains your chin and cheeks in a way that shows off the scale pattern of your skin. But still it drips, slowly like bloodied honey. And while you can't feel it on your own face... You can still taste its brackish flavor on your tongue. It's at times like these where your reflection smiles widely, showing off teeth that are far too white, too thin, and most of all too long. Of course, this isn't even the worst part. That only comes when you make the mistake of looking away. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You find me on Twitter at Stace Windu look deep into my eyes at slant potato you can hear about my just banana foster shenanigans like garlic safe words at tea with a unicorn on twitch and real tea unicorn on twitter okay that's it for us like i said we're going to be on a season break so we'll have some one shots coming up for you next but we will be back next week just like every week in the foreseeable future have a good night day weekend or whenever you're listening to this and Bye. Bye.